Greetings, fans, and welcome back once again. It is that time. It's time to break down all that first-class league action. We've got two amazing matches to talk about this week. That's right, the travesty versus the gentleman. It's the clash with the stash for Chris Adams. Will it be a victory, or will Travis Fishburne walk out the victor? We will talk about that matchup as well. A long-awaited matchup between Mr. Perfect Robert Montano and Mad Max. Maxwell Haddad should be a real barn burner with a few amazing moments. That being said, I've got some great co-hosts as well, including, of course, Ryan Permison and Keith Kildup. And last week on this show, Chris Barnes said that I don't have the ability to kick anyone off the show. So this week, Chris Barnes will not be joining us. That said, we do have a great replacement. You know I'm a huge Survivor fan, so it was real great that we have a Survivor on the show today. No, not from the TV show. Instead, from the FCO. That's right. It's David, the Survivor, Jin Doyen. And as we talk about all the news, all the matches, we are going to break it down and give you our unique perspectives. And how we're going to do that is we're going to talk by way of talking, all on this week in the FCL. Welcome, fans. We are here, as always, my wonderful co-host, Ryan Permison, and my other co-host, Keith Kilduff, are here joining me. And we'd like to say a very warm welcome to David, the Survivor, Jin Doyen, looking jacked, as always, in that beautiful FCL sleeveless shirt. This is a man who's fit, he's ready, and we're going to talk about everything that went down this week. We usually start off with the news, but not a lot of news coming out this week. However, I do want to take just a moment with our special guest and with my friends here and talk about something we missed last week. We set it off and did not get to talk about it, and that's the post-match post promo, I guess you would call it, with Andrew Furtado. He received a call. Somebody is in, and something's going on, and could we be any more vague? Keith, what did you think of this? I mean, listen, myself and Furtado have a history of not liking one another. Did I care too much that Mr. Furtado popped up at the end of last week? No, I'd kind of tuned out at that stage. However, I am curious to see who he gets bet by next. So hopefully that's uh, where we're leading to. David, the survivor, Jin Doyen, thank you once again for being here. Come on over anytime. We would love to have you. But Andrew Furtado, he's obviously a name in this league. He's had a few big matches, and now he's maybe pulling something behind the scenes, pulling some strings, setting things in motion. You have the inside track. Any idea what's going on? And the only inside track I have is that everyone seems to want to pull strings every single chance they get. I'm privy to that on several occasions because of the sinister one. So who knows what Furtado is trying to pull? Maybe he's in cahoots with the sinister one. Who knows? A real possibility. Obviously, everybody is always trying to take control. And Ryan Permison, you're a future FCL competitor. Were you on the phone with Andrew? That is true. I am going to be competing uh, in the very near future in the FCL. Thanks, uh, Brad and Steph, looking at my tape and getting back to me. <laughs> you haven't done it yet. Give me a call. Where's the belt, Gilmore? Anyway, 
Yeah, as far as uh, who he was yapping with on that cell phone of his, that 5-bit cell phone, I don't know, and I really don't care. It could be the sinister one. That's a, that's a valid point there, Mr. Jindoyan. But it could be somebody we're not familiar with, or it could be somebody who's had a bit of a been down on their luck, and they're trying to get some revenge. Because you know what they say, that revenge is a dish best served cold. So it could at this point, your guess is as good as mine, Andrew. Well, I obviously have some guesses, and yes, of course, I've had some conversations with Mr. Furtado, all privileged information I can't share with all of you, but we'll see a lot of excitement coming out of that, and we just wanted to touch on it. Every competitor in the First Class League, of course, doing some great work and entertaining you every week, including our wonderful guest, Mr. Jindoyan, so we did want to make sure that we touched on that particular post-match moment from a week ago. Apologies for missing it in the first place. And really, guys, I mean, we get together, we usually chit-chat for 10, 15 minutes about all the news, but not a big news week. Instead, what we have this week is two stunning matches, real amazing stuff in the movie trivia world with four very strong competitors. And we're going to have a lot to say about both of the matches. I mean, Travis Fishburne, Maxwell Haddad, Robert Montano, and of course, the gentleman, Chris Adams. You have to say, these are some big names in the FCL. I think that it's potentially after FCL 12, one of the best cards in terms of performance level that was put on so far this season. Um, I think like everyone came to play in different ways. There's a lot of interesting strategy that I'm very, very keen to, to break into. But I suppose, David, from your point of view, you're a guy that's kind of on the bench now. So were you kind of licking your lips as to see if there's any easy prey that you can kind of eat up after the fact or kind of from your perspective when you're not involved, like where do you kind of look at things every week? Uh, first of all, I wouldn't say that I'm on the bench. I'm only one and one. I'm not and two. So and there's you always have a to ignore Keith. He's like this yeah. with all of our guests, I swear. There, there's always I didn't potential. Mean that in a bad way. <laughs> Sorry. The, bottom, the bottom line is you always stay ready no matter where you go. Obviously, I'm not at my home base, but I always stay ready. I'm always prepared. Match wants to happen. Anyone, anyone wants to take out a challenge on me, I'm ready to go. So you always stay prepped. You always stay ready. You got to stay hungry for the next match. Yes, you got to stay hungry for those matches. Uh, Ryan, what did you think when the announcement about this card went down? Because I do want to say I agree with Keith on this one. I think a very stacked card as far as the level of performer. Uh, an, one of the Adams, obviously a name in this league. You've got all of these great competitors like Robert Montano fighting still perfect as the match is going to get started. Were you excited when you heard about these matches? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe some competitors focus a little bit more. I mean, they're still all four are well-rounded competitors, but some focus a little bit more on their character than others do. Some take this game very seriously, such as, I mean, Chris Adams, which we'll get into in a moment. He's hmm, downright serious. You know, and then Robert Montano, a.k.a. future FCL World Heavyweight Champion, uh, late to the park. Hey, what's up, Robert? You're the fan. Um, you know, with that being said, yeah, great card, great round of competitors. And, man, there, there were some good questions that were asked during the course of each matchup. All right. Well, it is time that we are going to get into it. We're going to talk about all of it. Of course, our very own Keith Kilduff, he has all the stats, all the numbers, and every question throughout the matches. So, Keith, let's get the breakdown by way of breaking it down. Uh, 
FCL 14, as we mentioned, had a stacked, stacked card this week. Quality all across the board. The opening match featured featured Travis Fishburne versus Chris Adams, two 1-0 competitors. Actually, now that I think about it, all four competitors all had uh, winning records going into this week. So two O's had to go. Moving into round number one of Fishburne v. Adams, ends 9-7 to Travis gets the perfect round adams misses the final question in the round of scores and soundtracks which i believe is the second time it's come up in round one this season who composed tenant and um, fishburne hits the repeat gets the correct answer adam says uh, hans zimmer which is incorrect unfortunately opens up for the bonus for fishburne with the um, the golden eye question sean bean nine seven there's a couple of nice little questions in here mrs doubtfire is asked 2000s who was the director of chamber of secrets um, and then we also get the Doctor Sleep question with uh, Ewan McGregor's 2019 film, which is a sequel to The Shining. 9-7, solid all around from both, it has to be said. Adams is up on his previous round one. Fishburne is just picking up where he left off earlier. Ryan, what were your initial thoughts on both guys in round number one? Yeah, both competitors put a really, you know, really strong showing despite, you know, Chris Adams missed a few here and there, but that's fine. Honestly, I was thinking Hans Zimmer in that tenant question myself because when I think of Nolan... I always think of Hans Zimmer because Hans Zimmer is just that good of a composer. He's great. But no, I mean, when Travis took his time, did a JT and pulled it, I, I said while I was watching the match, I said, great pull, great pull. It really was. But yeah, no, great round one and great questions. Uh, David, if I can come to you, obviously you're a guy who came into your second match 1-0 and as well. Um, what was, was the nerves kind of gone and you kind of had a feeling of you know what you're about now, you're in the league, you've done this before, or is those nerves still always there waiting for that first question to come out? Uh, I think that if it means something to you, nerves are always kind of going to be there in a way. But, uh, I mean, knowing the format and the setup of how the show is going to be for you after the first time definitely helps kind of settle you in. So you, all you have to really do then is focus on the questions the second time around. First time definitely is because you got like a lot of moving parts you're trying to figure out, oh, this is where, you know, I'm set up and it can kind of get in your head a little bit. But yeah, definitely after the first one, get into a group for the, for the next one. Andrew, as I alluded to, Fishburne picking up where he left off against Fred Klein. Very, very impressive stuff in round number one. Yes, absolutely. Magnum PI has never looked better. I've got to say it. And Travis Fishburne continues to be the kind of competitor that he showed before. But I don't want to focus so much on the questions. It's a good round from both. One question really missed from Adams. Both guys playing solid, no strategic mistakes. What I want to talk about is the challenge at the beginning, because Chris Adams continues to be his own unique brand of gentleman, as he steps up and says about the glorious facial hair of Travis Fishburne, if you lose this match, you're going to have to shave that off. And what surprised me is a man like Fishburne, looking so very put together, says, absolutely, if I lose, I'll cut it, I'll shave it off right here. I can't believe he did that. That's a bold move. It shows a lot of confidence as a competitor, and it's not something I would have agreed to. I mean, what are you getting out of it? I mean, he's obviously very confident in his abilities as a trivia player that uh, he could take that on board and be fairly confident he's going to come out on top. As we move into round two, we'll kind of standard as normal movie quotes comes in for one of the first times this season, which is an interesting slice to put in. I think that's definitely one as a, an opponent choice is potentially a big killer for uh, any competitor moving forward in the league if they see it on uh, screen. Fishburne decides to go first. First spin takes Quentin Tarantino straight off the bat. Goes seven of eight. 
Pulp Fiction release date is asked. Jackie Brown with Sam Jackson is asked. What is the right the sorry the bride's real name in Kill Bill has to jump down to multiple choice. I like that question. Just mixed up just a little bit, and then finishes off with the Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. Seven of eight knew by having the two point lead that he could go down to multiple choice and still have that lead going into round three, regardless of what Chris does. And um, comes up to Chris first spin movie quotes. There's a bit of Quentin Tarantino recent spinning that has to happen unfortunately movie quotes decides no Kurt Russell is taken goes five of eight unfortunately goes to multiple choice in the first one the 94 sci-fi film Stargate gets John Carpenter directed Big Trouble in Little China gets Goldie Hawn in Overboard and then unfortunately misses the fourth question which is what was the first fast movie that Kurt Russell appeared in he says Fast and Furious 6 it's Furious 7 Travis takes the two point steal 18-12 Andrew what were your thoughts on the round number two I mean, it's not a good round for Adams. He falls behind and falls into the dreaded territory that we talked about so much before. That six-point gap going into round number three. You know what that means? It means you got to go crazy. You got to get pretty much all your questions right. Yeah, you can get your five and one of the others, but what are the chances your opponent misses all three? So he puts himself in a rough situation. I don't know if he was 100% sure about fast and it was just a momentary miss, but maybe checking down the multiple choice here. Look at those numbers in the middle of your round competitors. Know where you will end up if you miss. Know where you will end up if your opponent takes the steal off of you. If you check down to one point, yeah, you can't reward yourself as much. You can't close that gap the same way, but if he'd gone to one point, the difference is five and now you've eliminated an entire question from your round number three that you do no longer absolutely need to get you've made it contingent on your opponent to hit harder questions further into the round i say check your score particularly midway to the end of the second round and say to yourself what's going to happen if i get this right what's going to happen if i get it wrong don't put all your mental energies to it you've got other things to focus on but take a quick second think about it because falling behind by six as I will continue to say, is not the situation you want to be in going into round three. Definitely. And I think, Ryan, I want to come to you on this fourth question of Adams. He jumps into answering Fast and Furious 6 in a, like two or three seconds right after the question's asked. Is that just kind of like inexperience of just maybe not just gathering his thoughts, making sure and making sure of the two points? Yeah, it could be a combination of that. It could be a combination of him not, you know, maybe not even want, not not wanting to use another one of his GTEs, and he doesn't. He just wants to get the points and try to make up for you know lost time or lost points as much as he can. But yeah, no. And by the way, yeah, I knew that Furious Seven. I knew it. I was like, Fast and Furious Six. Yes, that's the best one of the franchise, but that's not the right answer to this question. Like, you know, I felt bad for him. It's like, dude, do not. Yes, Fast and Furious 6 is the goat of the franchise, but no, it's Furious 7 is when Mr. Nobody shows up. That That's the deal, brother. But hey, look, he was trying to make up for lost time. He was maybe in a hurry, didn't really have too much time to think on his feet, or maybe he didn't want to use that time to process the question, process the information, and give the correct answer. But you know what? Hey, you know what they say, live and learn. David, I want to come to you because you're a guy who can really kind of, you know, put a good opinion on this in the sense that in your first match, you had a poor second round, let's be honest. And then you rallied in the third, having to go three for three. So Chris is kind of in a similar sort of situation. So, like, if you wouldn't mind playing that back for us when you were against Rick Hong, like, what was those feelings and emotions? Or was it just very simply, I know what I need to do. I have to go three for three or I'm dead. Well, 
going into round two, you definitely want to try and hit all your questions, obviously. Sometimes it's luck of the draw with what you get pulled. I feel like with my round, at least, um, obviously, I did horribly. I scored more points and steals than I did in my round, which is a rare thing to do. It's also pretty impressive in my regard. Um, what I would say, though, as far as him answering fast or however you want to look at that, it could be that in his mind, he felt he knew the answer and he knew it at that moment. He went with his gut. He didn't want to maybe second guess himself. Um, you can also say at the same time, he maybe should have taken his time. You can look at it kind of both ways. Now, in my mind, if you're kind of second guessing yourself in that regard, you do want to check down to multiple choice because, yeah, they're going to give you, you know, four, furious, five, six, seven, eight. They're just going to give you the numbers. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it's always the numbers. But it comes back to that point steal. Rather than a two-point swing, it's a one point. It helps you move into round three a little bit easier. So you can always say, yeah, he should have checked down. But in his mind, maybe he just felt that was the answer. So we're 18-12 to Fishburne moving into round number three. Adams' two is in the category of 2000s. This 2005 movie directed by the Farley brothers starring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore takes a repeat, doesn't pull it, the answer being Fever Pitch. And then on his three 90s, this Michael Main directed 95 crime, crime drama with Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, leaves two JTEs on the table doesn't wager a guess, gives Fishburne the win and your winner by way of winning, Travis Fishburne, two and oh, very, very impressive by the guy. And uh, Andrew keeps his mustache, yes, he does. That's it, yeah, that's right. No, I think, I think what, what it was in this situation, honestly, uh, David Jindoyan, you made some amazing points in round number two about the value of those steals. Lower your opponent's value. Sometimes that's all you can do, but sometimes that's all you need. He comes in six behind. We know what that means. You have to go perfect. Your opponent has to have a real bad round number three. And the way that Travis Fishburne is playing, I did not see that happening. I'm glad that we get to see the stash come back with Travis Fishburne because what a glorious mustache it is. I think he played well and he finished off strong. But David Jindoyan, I was watching live. I know you were watching live. And if you want, you can say it with me right now, everybody. J-T-E. That's right. You have repeats. It's yeah. just like answering your question before you take that 15 seconds. If you're not sure, take your time. If you have a repeat, use it, especially in round three when you need every single question. I'm not saying there aren't moments where you know you're never going to get there, where you can let it go and say, I just had the bad match. It's all over. But every second you buy is another second you might be able to come up with the right answer. So please use the JTEs, spend that extra 30 seconds, piss off Brad and Steph if you want to. I don't care, but give yourself the very best chance to win. Definitely. And Ryan, I suppose now Fishburne is 2-0. and oh, He's got a lot of heat behind him. Um, I'm kind of thinking... Let's give him someone on a little bit tasty. Let, let's put this guy under the grill a little bit more. Maybe like a David Campbell, uh, a Vanessa Fitzsimmons, perhaps, for his next opponent. Yeah, that's a good possibility. It could happen. And if it does happen, I'll be there watching front row center like everyone else in this world because FCL is just that much fun. So, yeah, no, it, round three, tough for, you know, tough for Chris. But congrats to Travis. It was a great, mat, a great well-played match by both. Granted, I think Chris... Had some, you know, he had some troubles here and there. He did, and he made some mistakes. Maybe he should have used JTs or checked a multiple choice if he was unsure about something. And also, 
definitely in round three. If you're going to use any repeats, yeah, definitely use them in round three because that's where, you know, the points can really make or break you respectfully. Mm -hmm. And Chris, he's got to do some more. He's got to do a bit more studying, I feel. I feel like some of those questions, to me anyway, the, some of, a lot of those questions to me were easy ones. But for Chris, maybe it's a blind spot. Maybe it's a challenge for him. And, hey, he can take from this match. He can learn from it. He can go back to the drawing board, watch some more movies, do a little bit more trivia on his phone or however you want to study. That's, that's up to you, Chris. So we'll see how it goes. But congrats to Travis, though, because, you know, Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out 15 years ago, but he's still going to roll about that being the uh, reject from that video game. And that's fine. Roll them in. And by the way, Keith, I thought you were going to save the Andrew winner by way of winning was saved for the second match because I really want that on a T-shirt because that's a great catchphrase. That it definitely is. David, so we have now Chris Adams at one and one, and we have Robert Adams at one and one. Huh? Huh? So you're saying uh? Adams should face each other? Adam Civil War, I mean maybe? Adam Civil War. I mean, it's only been alluded to a couple of hundred times this season. <laughs> a couple of hundred times? Yeah. We've gone that high in the numbers on Twitter? Jeez. It's amazing. We're 14 matches in, and they've already alluded to it approximately. Let me do the quick <laughs> math here. Seven times per episode? Oh, my gosh. I'm I think sorry, it's Andrew, an exciting I wasn't keeping fight. count. <laughs> David, is that, a, is that a fight that potentially excites the two guys taking on one another for their sibling rights? I mean, personally, I'd say, yeah, because you always want a brother to take out another brother. There's always that, like, I'm better than you, no matter who it is, younger, older. They want to prove either way, you can't take me out. So it, it for one, should make for an interesting match. Promo should be very interesting because they can really dig personally at each other. Oh, yes. So, you know, I want I want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. He's got a point. Definitely. I think, listen, let's move into the main event. Maxwell had mm. Robert Montano. This had going into it. This had a lot of spice, you know. And to be fair to Maxwell, he's uh, he's added a lot of hype to himself in this league so far. Call out the big dog. Not a lot of people would do that, so you got to give him kind of you know credence to that one. I think that Montano as two and one, but a lot of experience was definitely the big favorite coming into this, no question. But if Maxwell did get a W, it was going to really heighten his career a hundred percent. Andrew, 9-6 to Robert after round one. Um, Maxwell misses the family film's question, the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel. He says, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is the correct answer. And then with the use of a repeat, doesn't pull the 1980s romancing the stone director being Robert Zemeckis. Um, for Montano, getting the bonus, Julia Roberts voicing Charlotte and Charlotte's Web. 9-6, it's just another day at the office for Montano, really, isn't it? I mean, Robert Montano, what can you say except for, damn, does he ever miss? Obviously, a little later in this match, perhaps we'll be finding out something about that. But what he does here is textbook. It's exactly what he's been doing since he started in the league. And if I'm an FCL competitor, no, my apologies to you, Mr. Jindoyan, if I'm misrepresenting, but I don't want Robert Montano as my next opponent. I'm sorry, he's just playing too strong, too good. Maxwell Haddad, very solid first round. I what I love about this first round from both competitors is what I harp on so frequently on this show. They both used JTEs when they needed them. They both took their time and answered questions as best they could. Maxwell Haddad misses a question about a director from a movie that was most likely released before he was born. I don't think he's that old. And he missed another question that I think is pretty excusable as far as that goes. But 
It's your opponent here. This is the problem for Maxwell. Against anyone else, missing a couple of questions, say they only get seven out of eight, you're trailing by one. But now you're up against Robert Montano, Mr. 100 himself, and he's gone three points ahead of you in one round. Not a good spot to be in. David, how did you see this fight going before a question was answered? Before the Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves question? Yeah. or So... With that one, I think it's kind of a nice question because it, it literally is, like you kind of mentioned, a movie release dates question worded in a little different way. It puts a little bit of a spin on it. So it kind of forces you to actually, you know, know the order of release, for, especially for like a trilogy like that. So the fact that both answered the other two movies, it shows you how much of a flip it can be, you know, could have easily been one way or the other. So. Mm -hmm. Ryan, obviously a big Montano fan, but how'd you get on yourself in round one here? Yeah, it's just another day at the office for me. No, I'll be honest. I, you know, I probably would have gone eight, if not nine, for nine in that round. And by the way, honey, I blew up the kid. Oh my gosh, this is why Robert is so good at telling stories, man. Because that is pure '90s kid goodness. Because I remember watching that movie a number of times growing up. And, and when they said the sequel, I'm thinking, "Sonny, I blew up the kid." And when, it, especially the biggest clue in there for me was this was Carrie Russell's film debut. Carrie freaking russell her debut was in 92 sonny i believe again that is insanity to me i figured it was her first gig because i'm thinking she's quite young this is a new film it's up and coming i get it congrats carrie congrats but yeah no i probably would have gone eight if not nine for nine in that round and robert robert montano the one thing i like more than anything else is he's so good at telling stories i remember seeing this at xyz i saw this at the drive-in i saw this on my on a flight back from wherever I watched this on cable last night. Like what? A, I love his stories. I love it. It's. You know, I don't know how you feel about this enjoying, but that to me is. Yeah. So we move into round two. It's nine six to Robert. He defers to Maxwell. Maxwell spins Francis McDormand on his first spin, says no, and gets time travel on his second one. Goes six of eight. Uh, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith and. In the Matrix movies, Octavia Spencer as Tanya in Snowpiercer and Mel Gibson in Mad Max misses the fourth question. This Michael J. Fox, uh, how many characters did he portray in Back to the Future 2? He says four, the answer being three. Montano takes a two point steal. Andrew, I know you had kind of like a thought on this in the chat um, regarding this question. Absolutely, I did. And this is once again why I have the best strategies for the FCL, why I'm the guy you come to when you want to know how to play, because there is a challenge here. And you might say it's not a good challenge. He's only credited three times on IMDb. Well, it's still just Marty. You take a challenge when they give it to you. The odds of there being a challenge in your round three that you're going to need to use, how often does it happen? You go matches without seeing a challenge possibility. And right here, Max says four characters. Well, old Marty and young Marty, are those the same characters? Is Bruce Willis the same character as Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Looper? I don't know. I could make an argument that they're not. And I think anybody who's in that situation could make the same argument. It's an alternate timeline. He's going to go back and change the past. That's not, That Marty's not going to exist anymore. How can they be the same characters when one of them doesn't even exist by the time the movies are over? I would fight tooth and nail. I would throw every BS and every reasonable argument I could think of at the challenge and try to get those points, especially in the situation that Maxwell is in, playing against someone like Montano, who's doing so well, who's so strong to this point in the matchup. Take that shot because a steal here is very, very bad for you, and that's exactly what happens. I'm not saying it will work. 
I'm not saying that you should challenge every single little thing, but there is something to be said here. There is a way that you can make the, lay this out, that you can put it in front of people and say, it's reasonable that I thought the number was four. Also of note of this and a few other questions, I will say when the questions are being asked, especially in round two, maybe question writers avoid questions that have numeral answers. If the answer is three and my opponent says four and it comes to me, how likely am I to miss that? Whoops, sorry, I'm giving something away. Let's move on to Montano Spain. First Spain takes, Jim Carrey comes up, takes it straight away, goes six of eight also, misses a question for the first time this season. Uh, the Peter Weir movie, The Truman Show, comes up. Johnny Squares in which entry in the Dirty Harry series, The Deadpool, uses a repeat gets it and um, the character's name in a series of unfortunate events uses a repeat gets it and then this fourth question how many times did the farley brothers direct jim carrey to andrew's point he says four maxwell says two three being the correct answer 17 12. uh ryan montano missed the question for the first time this season but he's still looking so so smooth oh just way too smooth but yes no, is it a bummer that he missed a question? Yeah, but I'm not, he's not sweating it. I'm not sweating it. I'm not crying tears over here. You know, he still tells stories when he got a question right. He feels bad. You know, he tells a funny story about how he got it wrong. It's it's just fun to watch. It's entertainment at its at its peak. But yeah, no, him getting a question wrong. Yeah, like that's gonna set the internet on fire. Did it? I'm not sure. I wasn't watching this live in the comments, so I don't really know. But it doesn't matter because 1712 going into what is it like round three or whatever? It is, it's like come on. Robert's not, Robert's not sweating this. He's fine. To be fair, David, Maxwell's still fighting back as much as he can, you know. Like, he, he is trying to claw out every single point that he can. You know, he's there writing kind of a, as Robert's answering just in case there is the opportunity for the steal. And unfortunately, just couldn't take advantage of the, the steal opportunity that Robert gave up. Yeah, you, you hope to get those steals. And kind of like you were saying earlier, usually when somebody answers a question with a number, you kind of either plus one or minus one is usually the case, especially with like movie release dates or character playing. So a better guess would have been three, but maybe he and this everyone's guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You overthink it. You're like, you know, maybe you only thought me, myself and Irene and Dumb and Dumber and just left it at that. And that's why he thought too, couldn't think of the sequel because who really wants to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, him missing that definitely, I wouldn't say that Montano was in, you know, like obviously he was ecstatic for it. He dodged that bullet, but you know, being up five is still pretty good situation, so. So we're moving into round three, 17, 12. It's all on Maxwell. Misses his two in the category of Charlie's Theron. This uh, 2008 Jason Reitman movie. Tully uses his last repeat, tries to get it out of him, couldn't. Um, then it's all on the three and the five for him in 2000s. The third installment of Jurassic Park, who directed it, Joe Johnson. And then on his five scores and soundtracks, what is the only collaboration between Danny Elfman and Tim Burton that gets nominated for best score? Big Fish. Pulls it out, and then it's all on Robert. Honest to in nineties, the ninety nine uh, adventure fantasy starring Brendan Fraser and uh, Rachel Weisz, the Mummy, and then Robert Montano's three black cinema. Derek Luke is directed by Denzel Washington in what O two drama as a Navy man forced to see a shrink. Antoine Fisher and your winner by way of winning twenty yes. twenty 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 two Montana moves to three and O. And you got to say, guys, he is the top dog in this league at the moment, looking up the way to take on the flouse. 
Keith, you could not be more correct. And I just want to applaud both of our competitors in this matchup because I may be ragging on Ma Maxwell about a few things. Maybe he should have challenged. Maybe he should have guessed closer to a player who so far has gone perfect when he said four and guessed three instead of two. But the truth of the matter is both these guys use their JTs effectively. Both these guys throughout the match, a little surprising for a guy like Maxwell, who online has been a very big talker, very much selling himself, and a whole cadre of fans who follow him around and do the same thing. You would expect a big ego, but he was calm and collected through this matchup. I love the strategy. I love the play, and I want to see both of these guys back. Montano, yes, of course. He's in the title picture. He's looking up at the top of the ladder, at the ceiling above to shatter his way through, and I would be surprised if he doesn't have a title shot soon and a spot in the MTS shortly after that because that's just how good Montano is. As far as Maxwell Haddad, very impressed with his performance today. I can't wait to see him come back and take on another competitor, maybe someone with a similar record, maybe even someone who's here today. What do you think, David? Did you fancy taking on Haddad in the ring? Honestly, it seems like an interesting challenge. The man definitely talks a lot and tries to back it up in the ring. Obviously, this match didn't go his way, but it's not to the detriment of him not answering questions. He went in round three down came back, answered his questions, came out ahead. So he gave himself that opportunity for the win. That's all you can really ask for. That's all I ever asked for in my match too. I got lucky enough to actually come out with the W. So sometimes, you know, the question swings in your favor in that regard. So it would be an interesting match. I'd never say no to a challenge. Um, so it really just kind of depends on how the cards lay out. Ryan, I'm going to let you wax lyrical about Montano, but the only thing I want to caveat is the fact that no one has still managed to push him to a five-pointer yet. And if such, we don't know if he's fit for purpose of answering those questions just yet. Hmm. I mean, if it can't, you, you know, sooner or later, when he's going to have to answer his five, he'll be fine. I have no problem with that. And by the way, for him not to have to answer a five in this match, that's incredible. The man's 3-0. In my humble, professional opinion, he should be the number one contender for the FCL title. Go up against the Ferdinand Flaus. Grant, he'll take him out in two rounds, so it'll be a TKO. But, or a KO for that matter, I don't care. But, yeah. But no, we know he'll win by way of winning. Exactly. No, exactly. He is going to win by way of winning, which, by the way, oh, my gosh. Brad, I didn't understand when people were talking about it on, on social media. I'm like, what? what is going on on Twitter? I don't understand this. And then when I watched the tape, I thought, oh, now I get it. And then I said, you know what, Brad? You all right. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. It will make millions in merchandising. I guarantee it. You're going to like the way you look at that shirt. I guarantee it. It's a fact, Jack. So, yeah, no. This was a great match. Max put up a good fight. Robert's just cruising USA, like the video game in the arcades we used to play back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You remember that, right, kids? So, yeah, uh, Montano, if he does get a title shot after this, I don't know what's going to convince the the boat, a.k.a. Brad Gilmore, to give him a title shot against the Flirt and Flouse. But either way, Robert's the Mac Daddy. He's the biggest dog in the yard. He is the undertaker. He can give you the last ride, give you a, give you a big goose. He can give you that, you know, that loss that, you know, some other competitors may not have as of yet. So, yeah, yeah, Montano, Tombstone, pile drive him, give him the last ride, cruise up into the sunset with that FCL World Heavyweight title because it's coming home to you, to the people's champion of the FCL, in my opinion right now, and that's Robert Montano. And by the way, Robert, keep telling the stories of how you saw each movie at the Cineplex or back home on cable television because I love hearing them. Honest to God, I love it. I could hear you all day, all night, doesn't matter. And yeah, 
You are right, Robert. Just you win by way of winning. And to me, both of these matches just won our hearts by way of being entertaining. So, yeah, can't wait for next week with our next matches. Isn't that right, Andrew? I mean, I agree with you guys 100%. There are four competitors who came in here today, and I don't think anybody comes out of this particular event looking bad. There's some quibbles. There's some things that maybe could have been improved by some of the players. But again, when you're in there, when you're under that hot white spotlight, when you're in the match and the questions are coming at you fast and furious, seven, you might just have a moment of doubt. You might just not know what's going on. I love all four of these competitors and the way that they competed today. I want to see more Travis Fishburne, more Chris Adams, more Maxwell Haddad, and definitely more Robert Montano. And I will just say, I have to put my stamp of approval on everything that Ryan said. There is no one in the league at this moment whose record stands up to Robert Montano, 3-0, with a single missed question and never had to answer a five. Give this man a title match tomorrow. I think on these positive notes, let's close the book on FCL 14 and look forward to what's going on next week in the FCL. So next week in the FCL, we have not been told as of this moment what the second match is going to be during the course of FCL 15, but what we do know is that there's going to be a singles match in the Star Wars division. you got Sonny Olsen going up against Matthew Reed. I, for one, am looking forward to this. This should be fun. Star Wars, granted, they have their own division within the MTS, and boy, are those questions getting deep, 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 deep cut. But in this match, hopefully it won't be too deep cut so I can keep up, maybe put some points on the board when I'm playing along at home. But we shall see as time goes on. But, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Sonny Olsen seems like a nice jovial happy-go-lucky guy matthew reed he seems somewhat like that in that personality i can't remember exactly what he did in his last match or what have you but it's star wars it's a galaxy far far away there's a lot to celebrate about that saga at least in my opinion i mean some people may think differently that's fine you can take it or leave it but i'm looking forward to this so andrew your thoughts on these two competitors in the star wars division well, I mean, this is going to be a big match. We know that because we know in the movie trivia sphere, Schmodown, FCL, pretty much anywhere, Star Wars is the league where people go crazy. This is the league where people answer questions about things that were mentioned in the 18th paragraph of the 15th page of the extra novel that explained away the thing that was made in the novel about the movie that isn't even about the same storyline. I don't understand how they do it with their Miwoks and their Pookies and their Vulcans and all the other Star Wars characters characters that exist, but it is deeper than a Sarlacc pit. And this is the problem and the opportunity for both of these competitors, because you have to come in strong in Star Wars. You have to show that you're not going to miss a damn thing. To coin a phrase, you have to Montano your match if you want to impress people when it comes to Star Wars, because even a single miss looks bad. That being said, I don't expect we're going to see a lot of misses because if you're a Star Wars competitor, you already know everything that I just said. Olsen and Reed, two very fine young competitors. I mean, what we've seen already, some good personalities. I'm looking forward to this matchup as well as whatever else goes on the card. But I think what we're going to see here is going to be a knockdown drag out and not a whole lot of missing. I could be wrong. Maybe it'll be a train wreck, but I don't think so because the Star Wars division is the place where players come to play. And maybe I don't always think that I could stand knowing everything about every planet in every part of the universe in Star Wars, but these guys sure do, and I'm looking forward to it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm very curious, how much of a factor is the Star Wars TV series going to factor into this matchup? Are we going to see a few more of those questions from that, or are we not? I'm not sure. Statsman, Keith, what do you got on this one? Well, I mean, to your point, Ryan, that's what sunk Reed in his first match against uh, Ross from nowhere. It was the, the question regarding Sam Whitworth's voicing in... in um, in Rebels or Clone Wars, one or the other. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I apologize. Please don't at me on Twitter. I think that um, in terms of like this match from an overall kind of FCL point of view, chances are with the way that the Schmodan season is kind of going at the end of the year, it's only an eight-person Star Wars competition. So chances are in the final free agency period, I don't see any Star Wars players getting picked up. However, this is a really strong opportunity for these guys to get a win, show some knowledge for kind of future drafts for next year and onwards. Like if they win this one, and then if there's another kind of Star Wars match at the end of the year, and these guys can kind of go 2-1, and 2-0 and for the rest of the season, that helps them for next year. But also laying that kind of foundation groundwork of being like i can answer tra star wars Shmona, and trivia questions that you put at me i think that again i think that any sort of mandalorian rebels clone wars questions this is where these guys are going to get tripped up they're not going to get tripped up on the 12 movies um i am curious to see how this goes obviously we haven't seen sonny in a star wars match we've only seen matthew so you kind of have to give the edge to matthew for now am i surprised if sonny wins this on tuesday not at all hmm Fair enough, fair enough. And I, I'm i curious to see how this, this is going to go. Now, granted, since Boba Fett can come out of the Sarlacc pit, have a killer-looking dad bod, and lay the smack down on anyone's candy ass during Mandalorian Season 2, which, by the way, some of those scenes are fantastic. I got to go to you, Survivor. Boba Fett survived. You're a Survivor. What do you think is going to happen in this match? Well, um, Olsen itself, I know he hasn't had a Star Wars match, but in his actual match that he had, answered a bunch of Star Wars questions without a blink of an eye. And if that goes to show you, I mean, like you said, if you're competing in Star Wars, you have to assume that they know everything there is to know about the movies. The TV shows, I agree, is gonna be kind of the bigger trip up one because they're a little more recent. So rewatchability may not be there like the older movies. So trying to know everything in and out of the TV shows is gonna be a little bit tougher. So it'd be interesting to see how deep cut they do go with the questions or if they still stay at the surface level since they're still a little bit fresh, so. I feel like that's going to kind of separate the two in the match. See who gets the TV questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. Look forward to hearing more. Diving into this matchup on next week in the FCO. In the meantime, Andrew, in the words of not Star Wars, but Star Trek, take us out. All right. Well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to Mr. Jindoyan for joining us. He is a survivor, and we can't wait to see him back in the FCL. We're going to go around real quick and cover where you can find each and every one of us online. Keith Kilduff, what do you got going on? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kekelduff Media. Check out the Opening Pair YouTube channel where this week we dropped our review of the 2005 sports movie, The Longest Yard. It's 16 minutes long, and trust me, it saves you watching an hour and 53 minutes of a movie because it is goddamn terrible. But other than that, I'm just always enjoying your company here, and thank you once again to Mr. Jinjoyan for joining us tonight. All right, and of course, we've got our second co-host and one of my favorite people, one of the hardest working men on the internet, always got something going on, always something to promote. So Ryan, what's going on with you lately? 
Yeah, let me take a look at my 8x12 notebook here. Hold on a second. No, wait, it's not here. But I will say this. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. Check out our YouTube channel on all forms of social media at It's Nerd Culture. Check us out on YouTube. New videos being posted each and every week. And I quote is live every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Bring in a special guest. We interview them and also the Nerdcast where I talk about some of the latest movies I've had a chance to see lately. I've been going back and watching all the Star Trek movies. And those are some of the most recent episodes of the Nerdcast that have dropped on Anchor, Google, Spotify, wherever you download your podcasts, you can find it there. So be sure to check those out. Give it a favorite. Give it a like. Give it a rating. You know, if you don't like my comments, throw them under the bus. I I, I don't care. But at the same time, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> be safe. Thanks for having me. And by the way, Jindoyan, it was good having you on this program. And Andrew, make it so. All right, Ryan, we're going to have to talk later about which of your, the Star Trek movies was your favorite, me being a big Trekkie. But Survivor, J David Jindoyan, the man with the arms, look at him, making that cutoff t-shirt right, look good. Right. That's right. <laughs> showing that strength. And guns out, guns out. out. There you go. We have definitely loved having you on the show. Please come back anytime. And David Jindoyan, where can everybody find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at djindoyan, promoting any and everything FCL, of course. And what's that you say? It's a nice shirt, right? Yeah, okay. You can pick this up and other Schmodown merch at store.skybond.com. Puggy, puggy, plug. We love it. <laughs> All right. The Survivor, David Jindoyan, it has been, as I said, a pleasure. Keith, you were here. Ryan, as always, good to see you, my friend. We've had a great time talking to all of you, the fans, the thirsty firsties, whatever you want to call yourselves. And we have a lot more to talk about. Every week we are here. We are available on podcast on every one of those places that you listen to podcasts. You can check those out. We've got our spotlight series. We've spoken to some amazing competitors. I sat down with Andrew Furtado. We've got Ryan who sat down with Late to the Party. We've got Keith who sat down with some people as well. We've got so many great interviews for you. Check them all out. And a quick shout out to Elena Jordan. Once again, congrats on the recovery. Hopefully it continues apace. We are holding out for you. But with all that said, I'm the Elk. You can find me online at Kelk Andrew if you want to hear about this show and, of course, me complaining about Looper's really awful top 40 seasons of Survivor rankings. But more FCL coming back at you next week. We will be back with all the action, all the matches, all the news, and all the breakdowns as we return by way of returning next week on This Week in the FCL.